Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production, available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer? Or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile, you're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply. As always, a big thank you for listening to the show. We'd like to ask a small but very important favor of you. It'll take only a few minutes, and if you're one of the first people to do it, Podcast One will make it worth your time. Literally. We need you to complete a short survey because the information you give us can help make things better for the show and you as a listener. You want to make things better for yourself, don't you? Just go to podcastone.com slash survey and everything will be right there for you. That's it. Podcastone.com slash survey. The first 250 people who complete the survey get $10 to amazon.com for free. And two grand prize winners will be selected at random to get a $100 Amazon gift card. So all you have to do is answer survey and you could get $100 really easy it's a win-win our shows are supported by advertisers so filling this out will really help us cater to needs of you as a listener you want to hear things that you like and this is what this is going to do so please go to podcastone.com slash survey answer some questions and potentially make money along the way thank you for being a dedicated listener exciting football action continues on yahoo daily fantasy it's better than ever this year. Yahoo Daily Fantasy Fantasy recently released a new $300,000 NFL baller contest with $30,000 to first place. It's just $10 to enter. You got to check this out right now. Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score a perfect lineup, you can still walk away from the game with a little cash. It's that easy. Get started right now at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. It's yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. When you make your first deposit, use promo code POD25, P-O-D-2-5, for a $25 free play. That's five letters for $25 free dollars. Make it happen. Promo code P-O-D-2-5. As much NBA as anyone, right? No. You watch a decent amount of NBA. Yeah, near the end of the season. You watch WNBA. You watch I do. NBA. I do. It's true. I, I have a comp for you. Ready for this? This one's special for you. Okay. I think Pat Mahomes is like the Steph Curry of the NFL. What do you think about that? He's like reinventing the Changing way that the people game. want to play the game. Right. You got young kids trying to do all this no no look stuff. You've got old people yelling about it. Yeah, you got people are are irritated about the 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 integrity of the game. Um, That's how we're going to start. I off. sort of liked my my comp that when we were off air about at least body wise the the um, pear shaped uh, Paul Pierce and Alshon Jeffrey. Did uh, has Alshon Jeffrey faked any injuries that we know of? Like gone off in a wheelchair and then somehow mad- magically come back. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey has been injured pl- many times. Sure. I, I mean, I'm wondering. That yeah. would be the icing on the cake. Yeah. Um, I also have an, I, I think Tom Brady and LeBron are similar. There's like equal love and hate 
people really love, really hate both yeah. those guys. They're both amazing. Was there ever a, a turn about on Brady, though? Because I know when Braun, Braun was almost universally loved in Cleveland. And then when he left for Miami, a lot of people rooted against him, including me. And then you realize that, you know, he seems like a decent human being. And he goes back to Cleveland, wins the title with Matthew Delvadova, and then... And now he's doing Taco Tuesday ads right. on Instagram. <laughs> right. So... I don't know. I mean, this is a good segue into one of the things I want to quickly talk about, that we want to quickly talk about before we get into the games this week. And that is, there's probably going to be a lot of quarterback shuffling. A lot of news coming about out about Tom Brady. Yeah. How he's selling his home, his trainer selling his home, his contract expires. They're doing some weird things um, on the team side, trading, you know, high picks for Muhammad Sanu and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So there's a chance Brady's on the move. Um, if you had if you had like your dream scenario, where would where would these quarterbacks go? Where would Brady go or Newton go? All these guys. Uh, well, you said Newton to the Bears the other night. and I, I sort of like that one. Um yeah, well, here's one I kind of like as well. And again, this would mean that Brady would have to leave. But I, I kind of like Teddy Bridgewater to the Patriots. It, like, cause, That'd be kind of cool. You know, because he, he's like kind of that quarterback that can do that, play that offense. He's very good for New Orleans offense as well. Um, you know, the, the one for me is like, where does Jameis go? Because... You know, people are going to look around have, the league I have and a place look at for you. Bruce Arians and say, like, he's the perfect coach for I've him. Got a place for you. Jameis doesn't succeed in that. Where is he going to go? Um, so, what would where would you put uh, Jameis Winston? I have a couple. So, I think that the um, I think both Newton and Jameis Winston are great candidates for the Broncos next season. Okay. <laughs> yep, exactly. That's the right. That's the right reaction that you should have. Um, is Jameis tall enough? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm just yeah. kind of – I think Newton is the the uh, better prize there. And then if I – the Brady one is so weird because he can't take a step down from a city perspective because of Giselle and his brand. So he can really only go like L.A., New York, or San Francisco. Chicago-ish. Is, is Chicago more prominent than Boston? Uh, I think it's not. Yeah. I think it's the same – at least – at, at best, the same level. Um, and it's not on a coast, which is an issue. Well, the I other think. thing is, is could Brady... So when Brett Favre went to Minnesota, there were like, and he if he would have won the Super Bowl in 09, he would have been an all-Vikings team member for having played one season for yeah. them. What In what situation does Brady go to a team, deliver a Super Bowl in one season, and become a Ring of Honor player for that team? I think Chicago is a team. Right, he goes there, it wins it. Right, it's only their second title. He's the first quarterback to have any success since like Jim McMahon, and like th- that would be appealing to Brady. I I don't think Chicago is appealing to Brady. Okay. I, as much as I I do like that narrative, I think the places where he would do that are San Francisco and Dallas. Dallas is another one. Although again, like I mean, lost in the shuffle of Dallas being overrated and having you know basic you know. A lot of things that that are sort of noisy for them. One thing that isn't is how good Prescott. Dak has been yeah. much better. I'm just throwing out there, like it is Tom Brady, and the Jimmy G thing is kind of interesting because if somehow something weird happens there, it doesn't have to be that weird for him all of a sudden to be like, "Hey, I'm going to make this play," and they yeah. probably figure out a way to make it happen. And he would love if if the narrative is he wants to get away from Belichick and win usurping Garoppolo yeah, yeah, yeah. at the same time would be 
Uh, probably his wet dream. Okay, Josh Gordon gets put on IR. He's done with the Patriots. This is kind of in reverse order of happening. Manuel Sanders gets traded to the Niners for a couple of, was a fourth and fifth round pick? Yeah. And then Mohamed Sanu, the Patriots trade for him for a much higher pick. Was it a second? Is that what it was? Yeah. Uh, basically a third is the way I'm for thinking them. of it. Yeah, for them. Do any of these matter? Which one matters most? Do any of these impact the Super Bowl in your mind? Well, no. I think that the 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 thing for New England is they were probably going to get the one seed and have to play a, a young and plucky team in the AFC title game anyway, right? Whether that be Kansas City, Houston, Indy, uh, Baltimore. So, and I think they get there with or without Sanu, right? We've seen that happen, but he does help in the sense that like in those games, like we were talking the other day, what are we, the weaknesses for new England are only going to show up in close games, I think right now. Right. So, and I also think like strengths too, right? So, you know, Sanu could throw like an option pass, right. For a touchdown, much in the similar way that Edelman did in 2014 against the Ravens that is not going to matter macro level, right? Mike Nugent being a bad kicker and the fact that he's their kicker is not going to matter macro level. They, whether they beat the Jets 28 nothing or 31 nothing really is beside the point. But he might hurt them in a game where they need a field goal, right? Um so I think at the very I think that there's things that they can do with Sanu that will help them, but I don't think it's one of those things where it is going to change the results of a simulation in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. You're that's exactly what I was saying. This is a one, two, three play thing for the Patriots, and that Mohammed Sanu was way underutilized as a passer. And the Patriots can get to a certain point just by breathing. But when they get to that point, all these individual plays matter a lot more because they might have a weakness in the offensive line. They might have a quarterback who's getting older, who's definitely getting older and his play is declining a little bit as well. They might have a first round, former first round pick running back that um, is struggling to get two yards a carry. And when that happens, if you can have three quarterbacks on the field at once, you do it. Yeah. And that could be the the difference in a game. I mean, look at that that Rams game in the Super Bowl. That game turned because they were able to go five wide from 22 personnel, right? So if they can all of a sudden have some wrinkle with Sanu in there, I think it matters. Yeah. The Sanders one is interesting to me because if there was a coach that you were like, hey, who's going to take Emmanuel Sanders and make the most out of him? It has to be Shanahan, right? Right. And the, and the, the weakness for the 49ers offensively is, you know, A, how Garoppolo is playing, but mostly B, which is that their receiving core is a bunch of twos at best, right? Probably threes. Uh, and putting Sanders in there at least, gives, at least gives you a two, maybe a number one type candidate player uh, in that position. So that really helps them. You know, Kittle has been, you know, his same old self. The running backs have been terrific. Um, but he sort of rounds out that offense. Uh, once they get their tackles back and Garoppolo maybe plays a little bit better, it'll be interesting to see what their ceiling is. I think that is the one that matters the most to me. Because uh, if I look at one area where a team that is at the top of the, the food chain is deficient, it's the it's the Niners in the yeah. passing game. And Emmanuel Sanders is awesome. And here's the thing. He was awesome on a Broncos team that sucked. Yeah, they were bad. He was awesome with Joe Flacco. So if he now is in a system with Kyle Shanahan, that's the one that I think makes the biggest difference because it, um, it, it most helps a weakness to a strong team. All right. We're going to get into the games in one second. Um, you brought up this point the other day that's really interesting. Quarterback play 
not as good as it was last year. Last year was like euphoric, awesome quarterback play. This year we've got guys like Jacoby Brissett who are good, but not great. Yeah. What does that do? How does it make you feel uh, when you're going in and trying to pick out games and see where you might want to like, hey, I got to pick five games. Here are the games I'm going to pick. How does it change your mindset? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it makes it makes things, I wouldn't say easier to predict, but it's certainly, you know, ensembles of models that include all the things that matter in football, I think are more effective. And we've seen this this year in situations where more of the football game matters. And, and you know, when the quarterback play is is at its top at its best, you know, oftentimes the game will come down to which of the quarterbacks plays better. Um, and, and some of the, the other stuff can't dampen that. Right. Whereas now, you know, with a guy like Brissett, like versus a guy like Mahomes, some other things start to creep in, like how good, you know, Indianapolis runs the football versus uh, Casey's defense, um, you know, how the receivers play, you know, how injured is the other quarterback, that type of thing. Coaching matters a lot more. So I find, you know, it might not be as interesting, right? I think the best football games are always the games between two great quarterbacks. Um, but for the other 14 games in a week, like I think, you know, the plethora of data we have at PFF is probably more useful in the case where quarterbacks uh, are not, you know, there's not 10 future Hall of Fame quarterbacks playing on a weekly basis. Well, the media and the market scrutinizes quarterback play incessantly. So if you're going to find a, the most efficient component of football it's going to be how good the quarterbacks are mm -hmm. and their box score data as much as it doesn't tell you the whole story tells you a heck of a lot more of the story than for a lot of other positions that's right than for coaches right so to, I, that's where i think the value is for someone to hey listen to this podcast right yep. um you know subscribe to pff elite uh, and and try and take in all the information that you can get. Shameless plug there, but I actually do believe it, right? Because more things matter that less people know about, the market is going to have maybe some opportunities for someone right. who's smarter. Here's the, here's the funny thing. I think it makes it less painful to watch football games, and here's why. If you... If both quarterbacks are really good and that's what's dominating the league and you go into the game, we go into the game, we talk about it we're like, OK, this is a better quarterback. He's getting points. And then you lose. It's probably because some other doofus on the team had this, you know, right. me brain meltdown. And that's tough to live with. Now you're sitting there and you're like, look, I know, you know, this could happen. Yeah, stuff yeah. could happen. And I'm going to live with it and I'm going to enjoy it. And um, I I'm not pinning my hopes to. You know, the, the quarterback only. When we saw this in 2017, right, where there are more quarterbacks that were hurt. I don't think it was at that level it was this year, but you saw a, a decently even split between overs and unders, right? You saw, you know, last season was almost an over fest until week 12, and then they started calling penalties, and then it was more of an under game uh, there on out. Like, there was just more statistical stationarity, I guess, it, you know, to maybe uh, a butcher uh, a phrase there when when there's more things that matter in a football game but you saw in 2017 the four teams that made the the conference title game the patriots had a brilliant quarterback the philadelphia eagles made it on a, with a backup quarterback a decent defense and a great you know head coach who was who was hot the vikings made the nfc title game on a backup quarterback and a and a brilliant defense the jaguars made the afc championship game with what should have been a backup quarterback and a brilliant defense like more of the things play in to sort of how 
uh, you know, how the league, how the league plays out when quarterback is not this like, you know, absolute variable. And we saw that with the AAF. We're going to see with the XFL, like there, you know, there's, well, that's if you choose to see it with your own two eyes, yeah. by the way, rocking new glasses. I, I look forward to the comments. I hope some people have some comments. I personally think it's a large step up. I Thank really you. like them. Thank you. I'm, I'm digging them. Um, that's my one compliment for the month. But I mean, look, it, you, <laughs> I don't take them lightly given their, their frequency. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, oh, here's the question I want to get out of here on. I think the, co- the coach of the year is down to Frank Reich and Sean Payton, both because of what you just talked about. Mm-hmm. Pick one right now. Oh, Payton. It's Frank Reich. It has to be Frank Reich. That team got stabbed, then had the dagger pulled out of them right before the season. Mm -hmm. They just beat one of the best teams in the NFL on the road. And Jacoby Brissett, is he leading the league in passing touchdowns? He is, but my uh, and Frank, granted, Reich. Frank yeah, Frank Reich's terrific. But there are there are articles, there are YouTube videos of us saying the Colts are the next great franchise in the NFL. That was with Andrew Luck, sure. But we also said Matt Eberflus is a terrific defensive coordinator. Their offensive line is awesome. I mean, we were watching, we were thinking about Denver, Indianapolis this week. Brissett's not being touched, right? Like there's a ton of things. The and and uh, granted, it's amazingly you know impressive that two weeks before the season starts, you have to change quarterbacks, which is the reason I give it to Peyton because two weeks into the season, you have to change quarterbacks. And Bridgewater looked horrible against the Rams. He looked he's looked increasingly better as the season has progressed. I know I believe in Bridgewater's talent, but I think it's mostly Peyton. Uh, and then last week against the Bears defense is considered one of the league's best. You go in there without Jared Cook. You go in there without Alvin Kamara. You go in there uh, without Breeze, obviously. With Trubisky. Sure, but their offense <laughs> moved the football. They right. scored 36 now, points. So I'm with you. The difference is that the culture in Indianapolis was more tenuous yeah. because of luck. The culture in New Orleans stayed positive because Breeze yeah. is still there. They know he's coming back. Well, and Bridgewater is like somebody the team loves. Rio. But, uh, well, same, with Brissette. Brissette. same yeah. with Brissette. I just think Frank Reich has done more with less than the, any head coach the Colts, in the NFL. The Colts, without a doubt, are the most impressive franchise in the NFL right now, not named the New England Patriots. They have a chance in every single game because of Frank Reich. And I think you'd say the same for Sean Payton. I just think it's a harder thing to yeah. do in Indianapolis. All right, the games. We're going to start with um, the decision for the lock of the week, which is on a slide. It's on an 0-2 slide. We thought Doug Peterson hated cancer and loved justice. And apparently, he's undecided at the moment because that was a pitiful performance by the Philadelphia Eagles. So we're going to try and do better here. We uh, bet on this game every single week and donate all the proceeds to our charities. You can check those out uh, on Twitter if you want to if you want to partake. Um, let's get this started. Washington, Minnesota is tonight. It is a Thursday night God game. Help us Joe all. Buck is taking a break from watching uh, the Washington Nationals dominate the World Series. Will the Washington Redskins have the same sort of uh, mojo here heading to Minnesota? 16 and a half right now. Um, total is at 42. Your thoughts? Yeah, and there's been a, a decent appetite for Minnesota. I think this opened at 14 and a half. If mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, maybe even 14. And, and so... You know, you're looking at money all the way out to Minnesota. Does it get to 17? Probably not. But right here, I think people like the Vikings. Um, total on this game, 42. I 
if I'm looking at this game from a betting angle, I'm probably going to look more at the total than I'm going to look at the spread. Yeah, I think for the lock of the week consideration, that's where we've got to look. So if you say, hey, the Vikings, this is a huge spread. The Vikings crush bad teams. And you think maybe there's a little value on the Redskins, you know, because they're like sort of a team and whatever. But you know there's the possibility that the Vikings come out and roll. If the Vikings come out and just crush, they're going to keep it going. And the chance that they just cover this total by themselves, I think, is realistic. So I'm totally with you. 42 is such a low number. Um, and and the Redskins, for all the things that they do not do well, Case Keenum is basically a, a YOLO guy. I mean, yeah. 5% of his plays are turnover-worthy plays, and that's a recipe um, – you know, for uh, for points. Well, and you have you have all the motivation here, right? You have Kirk Cousins, you know, wants to really probably stick it to his old team, the team that refused numerous times to give him a long term deal. Um, you also have, as you talked about, the turnover um, machine that can be Case Keenum in situations like this. Uh, and you have, and we talked about this last week, it didn't end up coming to fruition. The, the Redskins, you know, scored enough points to cover the other day, but the, the idea was that, um, you know, Washington is a team that can come in through the back door at the end of games. We saw it in week one against Philadelphia to cover the spread. We saw it in week two against Dallas to hit the over. We saw it on a Monday night football game where the total was very similar to this against Chicago. They come out get down by 28 score enough points for the total to go over they're a team that doesn't quit right and with a with a head coach who is on his third game right now um there there's certainly people on that team who's like well if i want to stay in the nfl and stay in washington i have to play all 60 minutes so i can see a situation here where let's say the vikings are up 35 3 right that's Washington comes in and scores a cheap touchdown at the end of the game that gets you over the that gets you over the total right or maybe it's 28 10 and the same thing's true right yeah and and I I the Vikings are ter- I, I can't remember what the spread you know record is for Zimmer against non-divisional foes at home but it's like 18 and two yeah, he's done well so so I would say that does Thielen being out worry you no I you know Washington has Quentin Dunbar who's played really well this season but he I'm not exactly gonna say okay he's gonna go shut down digs yeah. right and then um Dalvin Cook obviously out of the backfield Lola BC Johnson played well against the he Lions did, actually and Irv Smith is is a guy that they've increasingly incorporated into the offense. So I'm not worried. I'm not worried about um, about Minnesota's weapons. The only thing I would be worried about is Washington. They really have one guy that they, they rely on in the passing game, and they've shown a commitment to the run game, right? And they might think that oh, we should run the football to keep this game close. Um, I think they're going to find out real quick that that's not going to be efficient enough, and they're going to get behind and have to throw. The thing that makes me a little bullish on this i'll keep this short is minnesota has actually over the last three weeks they've run the ball far worse they're 20th in terms of early down rushing but their play action game they're using it more and it's the number one play action game in the nfl you'll notice the the interesting de-establishment of the run game yet the success of the play action pass so i think they may be realizing they've got a pass to set up the run and if they do that i don't see washington providing much resistance kirk cousins just play actioning his way to a 21 nothing lead in the first half and then all of a sudden the redskins are beaten down and dalvin cook ends up with 200 yards anyways we move onward to what i think is uh, the best game of the weekend and in our column that we write every Thursday, this is our podcast only uh, discussion. We we had some good debate about Carolina-San Francisco. 
And the total was uh, really low. It was 40 and a half uh, to start out. Mm-hmm. And now it's crept all the way up to 42. And we were thinking about the, the over on that. And you noticed that the first half is actually maybe there's a little bit of value there. It's a 20 and a half. So spread of five and a half, total 20 and a half uh, in the first half. I'm all over the place. Your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, this is a, an example of you know where we we write the article on Wednesday night gets to Thursday morning and all the value has been sucked out right, right. which is in, why it's important to you know have you know make some of these picks earlier in the week cuz oftentimes the numbers uh move uh in your direction which is a reinforce good thing for you but you're not getting value unless you put the money down early on um for me though it looks like you know 42 you're not quite above break even here especially at minus 115 but in the first half, you could make an argument that 20 and a half is, you know, it's underneath the key number of 21. Uh, and, you know, and San Francisco has been much more of a get out ahead of teams and coast than a team that plays close and the game sort of goes over. Now, Carolina has played a couple of those games, right? They played a game against Tampa Bay. Their last game was more of a, you know, uh, score, score, score at the end against Jacksonville is more of a score, score, score at the end type of thing. Um, so I could see either way, you know, but, but for me, it's like just numerically, there's more value on over 21 and a half first half now that there was, than there is full game over 42, just because of the num- the way the numbers have shaken out. The tough thing for me is, is putting my money, my hard earned dollars on something where the coaches and the team's incentives aren't aligned. And at the end of first halves, we see coaches just sit down and, and decide not to play, you know, like the last minute of a game and not try and score, which is maddening. And I would hate for that to happen. And if you have a team like San Francisco who believes so much in their defense, I could definitely see that happening, especially if they're ahead. But what does make me like this quite a bit, a couple of things, Kyle Allen, Makes a lot of big time throws, a lot of turnover worthy plays, top ten in both those, and that that could be a recipe for points. Here's what I like most about it: you know how much respect I have for Christian McCaffrey, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, more off the field than on, but yeah, both actually. And I have uh, done a little bit of research on Instagram. It seems as though, and I may be wrong, someone may correct me on this, but it looks like for the first time, Olivia Culpo, do you know who she is? Mm-hmm. Former, I believe, Maxim number one, top 100, used to date Am- Danny Amendola. He blew that massively. We hate to see it. But she, I believe, is going to be at the game and put like Christian McCaffrey in her Instagram story, public acknowledgement of affection. I think that scoring off the field translates to scoring on the field for Christian McCaffrey. And uh, that's what makes me uh, secondarily bullish about the, the, the Niners injuries in the secondary have not been affected so far um, in the two games that they've, they've played without, you know, various numbers of corners uh, there, but you know, they have not been stressed by an offense this good. Weird True. to say with Kyle Allen. Um, Allen's also down over eight yards, average depth of target. Um, they're averaging a third of an expected point every time he drops back to pass. Like this is a very good offense, and the the weakness we saw in Carolina going into the season was coverage, and they've played way better. They're the sixth highest coverage grade, um, but I think that might be more of a product of who they've played than some sort of like uh, you know broad the Rams uh, turn out not to be great. Yeah. Exactly. So you know, I look like 
you know, we regress our numbers to the market, right? So even if we say, you know, we do lean over full game, we do lean over first half. For me, if I'm going to have, if I would have to pick one of these two, I would say first half, but we did not write it up in the article, mostly because um, of the fact that the number moved, moved towards us uh, right, right before we printed. So. Right. And I, there's still, you know, just a sliver of value at, if you get minus 110 on 42. And I like the way that that, to me, the whole game just feels safer. I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, just because there's a chance that that coaches like decide to score. Uh, also, Christian McCaffrey returning to the Bay Area where he played. Christian McCaffrey's going to have like 500 yards in this game. He's going to go off. Um, I don't know if that makes you feel better or worse about the over. Uh, okay, we'll keep that one in consideration. Let's move on to the Sunday night game, uh, which is very interesting because Kansas City's at home. They were a four and a half point underdog to open up. Uh, right, it was three to open, right? Oh, was it only three? When we were talking about it Sunday night, right? It was three and then shaded towards. Oh, and then it jumped out. And it jumped out, got to five. Very early on. Uh, yeah. I mean, very early on yeah. Monday. Yep. It was it was four and a half as of 5 yeah. a.m. on Monday. So there was a lot of Green Bay money early. And it has now kind of jittered around but settled at four. And this is interesting because it's in Kansas City. And Matt Moore is slated to start. Slated to start. Yep. We've heard a lot of comparisons between Mahomes and like, oh, is he, he's kind of like, he's got this Brett Favre gunslinger bit about him. Maybe the, the most Brett Favre aspect about him is that you just can't keep the guy off the field. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, the, you know, Favre played Practice like yesterday. half a season with a broken thumb on his throwing hand one year. Yeah. You know, he, um, the he just refused to come out of games and come out of uh you know seasons and stuff like that um but okay let's assume though that Kansas City plays Matt Moore because like that's really where you have to to go with this one there's a case to be made here for Kansas City right because Sammy Watkins practiced in full mm-hmm. yesterday Eric Fisher uh, is coming back. It looks like Tyreek Hill is now on his third game of being healthy. Travis Kelsey's one of, if not the best tight end in the league. And Shady McCoy, Damian Williams. Do you mention Chris Jones? Chris Jones is also, you know, returning. I think that there's a case to be made that Andy Reid with 10 days off, knowing that Matt Moore is probably going to be the quarterback, can scheme up an offense against a defense that was bad against Oakland last week. Yes, that is what this is all about. So that the market loves the Packers. As we foretold on the 2 a.m. on Monday morning, the Aaron Rodgers MVP love blossomed this whole week. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And the funny thing about the Packers is that they were just about as bad offensively as they were last season for the first six weeks. They then play the Raiders whose pass rush just literally didn't make it to the state of Wisconsin. Aaron Rodgers under pressure 24% of the time, but when he was pressured, it didn't happen until three seconds after Mm -hmm. the snap on average, which was the longest of the season. What I'm telling you is they put up no resistance. And the, the thing about that game is the final score tells you one story if you watch the game, it tells you a totally yep. different story. The The Raiders are going to score. They're at the goal line at the end of the to half. To go ahead. To go ahead 17-14. It's 14-10 at that moment. Derek Carr does his traditional, I'm going to fumble it out of the back of the end zone. Green Bay goes down and scores quickly. Breaks, you know, backbreaker. They then get the ball coming out of the half, score again. So at that point, the game is over score-wise. But if you watch the Packers' defense that whole game, 
there are Oakland Raider guys running wide open yeah. throughout the, the course of that game. And if you're telling me that John Gruden can scheme up something for Derek Carr in Green Bay, yep. Andy Reid can do it with Matt Moore, with Tyreek Hill, with Travis Kelsey in Kansas City. Um, he's done it with other quarterbacks his whole career. So I actually think there's a lot of value here. And you have that. So if you take this at four, you go, okay, well, if Matt Moore plays, Matt Moore plays. I get it. You know, team... Uh, at home that's got yeah. more of a field goal as an underdog. But there's what? Maybe a 10% chance you get Mahomes plus four at home on Sunday night? Like, yeah. Is there anything better than that? Right. And and so, and look, if, if Mahomes play, or like, if Mahomes is questionable in the injury report in the next few days, there's, the only way that this number's going is towards Kansas City. Right. And if you already have Kansas City, like if you bet early in the week, plus five, plus four and a half, or even now at plus four, there's a chance you might get Green Bay at a money line price of minus 150 or minus 175, in which case you have a pretty sizable middle on the game. Should Green Bay win by a field goal or or less the there's, there's a lot of opportunity here. And as you said, the the chance that Mahomes plays turns this thing upside down. One thing to talk about here just briefly to end is the, the thing about can't you can throw out most of Kansas city's performance against Denver defensively, by virtue of the fact that Denver is bad. Mm-hmm. However, they made a concert without Chris Jones in the lineup. They made a concerted effort to say, okay, we've gotten dragged across the field in the run for about the better part of a month. They put two recent draft picks, Derek Nottie and Kylan Saunders as their two defensive tackles in that Spagnola scheme. Very similar to what the giants used to do with the guys, you know, Harrison and, and uh, uh, Tomlinson and so forth. And they said, look, if we're going to get pressure on the quarterback, it's not going to be because of these two guys. It's going to be because of the guy we we paid a ton of money to Frank Clark, you know, Alex Okafor, Emmanuel Ogba and blitzers. And they absolutely did. And now while green Bay is better offensively up front, I think that's a side, you know, Denver's a pretty good rushing offense. Right. And so there, there's a chance that, you know, Kansas city defensively is somewhat improved just from a schematic standpoint. If they can slow down Aaron Rodgers at all, I think, Matt Moore should be able to keep this game close. Yeah, I'm going to sell the, the Chiefs defense because Elijah Wilkerson and Garrett Bowles are not Brian Balaga and David Bakhtiari. In fact, one of them is maybe the worst tackle in the NFL. Um, and we know defense doesn't matter. But I think that Aaron Rodgers and that Packers offense might slow themselves down. Right. Well, that, and if they run into a Chiefs defense wanting to stop the run, it might be beneficial. True. Um, all right. Uh, I think we consider that one for sure. Miami Pittsburgh on Monday night. So last uh, week on the podcast, we dumped praise upon Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins getting, was it 17 at the moment? Yeah, I think so. Um, In Buffalo, because it was the better quarterback getting points. Right. And my question to you is, has anything changed about that statement now that they're playing in Pittsburgh? Well, just that they're getting two and a half fewer points. That's it. I mean, honestly, um, you know, Mason Rudolph, we liked him a little bit coming out of Oklahoma State, but at this point he has not proven um, the ability to, uh, you know, he has not proven an ability to be 14 and a half point favorite in the NFL. Um, Pittsburgh's defense has been great so far, um, but they're without Stefan, put your back into it. Uh, they are with, that's the only reason we're talking about this reason, game. That's the only reason I wanted to talk about it. And they're weak at, at certain parts, like Mark Barron at linebacker, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't think the, this Pittsburgh team has played anybody so far, right? And so, like, all the defensive metrics are based upon their best opponent being a San Francisco team that turned the ball over six times, right? And so, 
in this case, I just like Miami. And 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 again, it's a it's I don't like them as a team. I don't like or I don't like anything about them other than the fact that this is the number is too high. Yeah, fourteen uh, is what I see right now. I think we printed fourteen and a half. I think you can get fourteen and a half at plus one fifteen. It's probably worth it. Probably worth Mi- it. Minus one one fifteen. Um, the Steelers beating the Chargers seems like a big win because it was on the road with Duck Hodges. It was at home. They just brought their home. They, there was their summer home in Los Angeles. <laughs> they brought all their fans. And it turns out the Chargers really suck. They're not very good. Um, and, you know, just have a ton of injuries and whatever. So I don't really know that, like, I don't know that there's that big. This is hard to say. Pittsburgh I, beat Cincinnati and the Chargers, two teams that are bad. Well, I was going to say, I don't think there's that big of a difference between the Chargers like getting booed out of their own home and the dolphins with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't know that there's that big of a difference. So, um, all right, we'll keep that one. Uh, there's not much else to say there. Let's talk real briefly about Denver and Indy uh, as the last game before we decide. And this game is interesting because I think there's a narrative out there that Denver has completely given up and they traded Emmanuel Sanders. And that obviously exacerbates that sentiment. But it's a five and a half point spread. Mm-hmm. Joe Flacco, for all the sacks that he's taken, and they have been Numerous. this side of the New York Jets, the the worst team in terms of yards per play under pressure. When he's kept clean, they've been having success. Cortland Sutton has been very good. They still have Von Miller, and it's five and a half. Yeah, this reminds me of when the Broncos went into Indianapolis as seven point underdogs and won outright. Um, I just, you know, Indianapolis is the most impressive football, you know, besides probably Baltimore, New England, right? Philly, some degree, but like the, the Colts are a great team. Um, they should not be laying well. And earlier in the week they were laying, I believe six and a half. Now they're laying five and a half. So the market sort of agrees with us here directionally. They should not be laying this many points to the a Denver team coming off of 10 days off, right? Coming off. And this is really just the Denver got humiliated at home in a, in a, an Island game. You know, now I, I just, to me, I I just think this is a perfect spot to back Denver. Now you're not getting that key number at six. So I don't think it's in lock of the week contention. I think at six, I don't want to put it in there, but, but it is something where if you look at it, you know, you get plus two fifteen on the money line. What's that? Keep tabs on it. Keep tabs on it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay, let's uh, let's hammer this one out. So here's what the options are: Washington, Minnesota over 42, Carolina, San Francisco over 20 and a half first half, your Chiefs at home getting four against Green Bay, and my Miami Dolphins because I'll be making a trip there with my Niners later this year uh, on Monday night with Tess and Boog against the Pittsburgh Steelers, getting 14. Where are you uh, leading? Uh, well, I think, I think it has to be, it has to be one of the two, uh, night games, right? The Kansas city, green Bay and Miami Pittsburgh. I think in terms of numerical, you know, the, the numerical edge that, you know, we would give each game is pretty high. Um, but, and then I look and I, there's a lot of uncertainty associated with Kansas city. Um, but Kansas city made people a lot of money from 2013 to 2017 with a quarterback who granted is better than Matt Moore, but is not a hall of famer in Alex Smith. 
And there, and so the question that I ask is if Alex Smith starts this game for Kansas city, what's the spread? One and a half. Well, and a half. is Kansas city favored? I don't think so. Okay. See, I can't like Alex. So there's a difference. Alex Smith as the starter for the whole season is different than saying Alex Smith, my backup coming in because there's, there's uncertainty in a guy that you have not seen play that is built into it. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I if Alex Smith is your starter the whole year. I don't disagree that they're probably favored. Okay. But Alex Smith coming off the bench for somebody. Okay. We don't know. Like there's that. So, so, but I'm going to make the argument for Kansas city plus four here that Matt Moore is not appreciably worse than Alex Smith. He's not four. Like, let's say this is a pick with with Alex Smith at quarterback. Matt Moore is not four points worth than, worse than Alex Smith. You're talking to the guy who said Matt Moore and the Chiefs would beat Joe Flacco <laughs> last week and that they should have benched Mahomes. Now, I'm going to I was right because you know what's crazy? Mahomes knee it's probably less injured than his ankle right, right now because right. there was no damage in the kneecap. So I am totally with you. I think there is a very decent chance that Mahomes Willis reads this comes out and plays. Well, and if he doesn't, I have Andy Reid, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey and the home field against a team that is way overvalued by the market. Well, and I was talking this with, through with our, our friend and, and friend of the show listens in Seren Petro from Kansas City. And we were saying. Uh, at first blush, these NFC games don't matter to the Chiefs, you know, Minnesota, Green Bay, but actually they do because they're not the only tiebreaker that would ever matter for Kansas City would be with New England at this point, because if they tie uh, Houston for the two seed, they lose the tiebreaker based upon head to head Indy, same thing, Baltimore, they win it based on head to head. The, 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 the conference record for Kansas City is actually meaningless in the AFC playoff race because they would have played at all four of the teams that they would be competing with for first-round buys. So, you know, earlier in the week, I, I misspoke and said these games have less meaning because they're against NFC teams. I, I think they have more meaning now. And so my, my hesitation in going with Miami is motivation, right? I just don't know a week-to-week basis whether they're going to be, they're going to be up for a game. I think Kansas City will be up for this game, and hence you don't have to worry about it. You can you can play the numbers straight up. What is second blush? Is that normally where you make sound decisions? First, well, no, it's a Daniel Kahneman thinking fast and slow. Yeah, I'm aware. Yeah. I just think it's such a funny thing to say. Well, the well, first, well, it's it's look, so freak- the first time I blushed. It's so freaking hot in here that I'm at fifth blush. So <laughs> you're the one that wore the sweater. I told you it's gonna be 70 degrees. I showed up in a tank top today. I was prepared. You were not. You show up in a tank top every day. <laughs> okay, do let's talk. Let's do. briefly talk about the rest of Kansas City's lock of the week. So what we're going to do here is we're going to zoom through these. And if you want to dig into more of it, there'd be some that we just like really won't talk about. But you can go see all the stuff, all the different, um, you know, metrics and numbers and where our number is and our confidence level with it at, on PFF.com uh, with an elite subscription, PFF Green Line. You get not just the NFL but FBS as well. So you should go check it out. Here's the middle tier of games that I think are worth discussing. Let's go through these. The first is Mitchell Trubisky and the Chicago Bears at home. Now I believe a four-point favorite against the formerly mentioned Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, I actually think the Clippers basketball team might have as good a chance as the Chargers at this point. Your thoughts? So our number and the number with the Bears, or sorry, the number 
uh, that's currently uh, offered is the same. However, if you talk, you listen to our podcast on Sunday night, Monday morning, we talked about the Chargers being a value of plus six, plus five and a half. So that has moved in our direction. Another reason why you should listen to the Monday morning podcast. I think we've already seen the total in this game move from 39 and a half to 40, now all the way to 41. Again, another reason why sometimes it's better to go, well, most of the time it's better to go early in the week, even though limits are lower. This, that's why this is it. That's that's why this is a second tier game. This has moved in our direction, and most of the value is gobbled up. Yes, uh, I mean, I'll tell you who I'm not backing. Mitch, Ma, uh, Mazda Mitch, Fred Flintstone's car, Mitch, Mazda Mitch, Cam Newton coming soon. Uh, Seattle, Atlanta, very interesting game because of the Matt Ryan question mark. Seattle favored by five and a half. This game might be most interesting, though, if you look at the total yep. because it's 54 and the Seahawks are a team that loves to run the ball. The Falcons are a team that hates to play defense. And um, if they have Matt Ryan with an ankle injury or they have Matt Schaub just as himself, they are probably going to run the ball a little bit as well. So 54 is a lot of points. I know that the Falcons don't play any defense and that the Seahawks are not very good on defense, but this is a number play where you're taking both teams uh, tendency, you know, to want to run the ball or just what they would like to do um, and using it to your advantage. Yeah. And I think that, um, I think that this game is actually off the, has been off the board for a little bit. Yeah. So early in the week when this opened at 54, we like the under. um, And I think that that is, uh, you know, that would have been a good play, even if Matt Ryan plays just because both of like the Seahawks are not efficient in, you know, on early downs and Atlanta is not efficient in the red zone. Right. And so, you know, even though we've seen, you know, the, we've seen the Falcons play high scoring games, um, you know, both of these teams, I think would rather Atlanta in the case to protect its defense, Seattle in the case to keep its identity, slow the game down. Right. And so I just think this is way too much to be, a uh you know um an over game but at this point it does look like this is off the board just because of the uncertainty with respect uh to uh matt ryan slash matt Schaub. um yes uh, i'm with you there uh, sorry oakland houston this is a game that for the same reason that i think uh kansas city was uh the lock of the week this week is the raiders have that seemingly horrible game against the Packers, which I don't think is at all that horrible. The The thing with Houston that is tough is that they also just lost. And it's hard to see a team that I think we value pretty highly, right, with Deshaun Watson, come out and be flat two weeks. Yeah. But I would make the argument here that right now Houston is favored by seven. Um. So if I have to go on one side of this, there is a little bit of value, I think, on the Raiders getting seven points. Um, their offense has been nowhere near a disaster. Um, and I think we saw that last week. Yeah. And, you know, good out of the NFL. They gave this game, even though it's in Houston, they're playing it at one twenty five Oakland time. So there's not that, you know, uh, the issue with the time zone. Um both of these teams' defenses are bad to the point where Oakland probably thought they got better when they traded Gary on Conley to Houston before the game. Um, both of these offenses are pretty good, actually, both in the top 10 in our Massey rankings. So um, 
I I can see a situation now. Josh Jacobs is injured, right? And they've been leaning on him a lot. I could see a situation where Oakland try to tries to open it up a little bit, um, and and can stay in this game because Houston defensively um, has not been great, and and in terms of they just been trying to cover up deficiencies, and in some games it works, and in other games they get exposed as they did. Jacoby Brissett was eighteen of nineteen for one hundred ninety yards from a clean pocket last week. Look, the Oakland Raiders over the last uh, well since week four, so is that the last four weeks? They are the fourth most efficient. Uh, in terms of expected points added per play, passing offense. Fifth is Houston. And for the whole season, Oakland is top 15. So the the recipe for Oakland to keep this one within a touchdown is to score points. And that's something that they've been able to do through the passing game uh, effectively. All right. Games that, uh, there are a lot of them. This is a week where there's a lot of games in the rest category. A lot of them. So we're going to speed through these. The Philadelphia Eagles and the Buffalo Bills. My God. Philadelphia Eagles um are you punting on the Eagles uh they are a wait and see team for me if I if I had to pick in a pick them I would pick Philly in this game yes well they're getting the points and they're getting the points and I don't believe in Buffalo one minute of the day there was a graphic up on our website or sorry on Twitter where it showed that Josh Allen was great underneath and bad over the top uh, that seems to be what Philly can contain in the passing game at this point defensively. So if that, if that, so maybe this plays into Philadelphia's strength. Um, this is a must win for the Eagles. So they don't win this game. They're in real trouble. In real the problem shape. with Philadelphia is that they could use uh, you and I in their receiving core. Cleveland, New England. This was a game where remember at the beginning of the season, we we're like, is this where the NFL opens Cleveland, New England? Now it turns out, Probably would have been about the same score as Cle- as uh, New England Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Uh, probably, well, maybe they would have been uh, this big of an underdog. They're a t- thirteen point underdog uh, in New England. Total forty five and a half. Um, I think the only place that I would be willing to uh, allocate capital if I had to, if like I had to bet this game somehow, some way would be the over, even though 45 is a key number. Um, And the reason for that is you could never, ever, ever in a million years convince me to back Freddie Kitchens in his dog pound hoodie against Bill Belichick on the road. Do you have anything to add to that or should we move on? Uh, No, I I do think (laughs) I I do think um, they are. I do think that they are undervalued Cleveland. I think they're, they're a top 10 team in yards per play. It's really their coaching. Um, and, and that's, and that's something that I think, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, regresses to the mean down the stretch, but yeah, this is a game I sort of want to again, watch and see and not place any money on. Yeah. I think their passing game is fundamentally flawed and Bill Belichick is going to Arizona at new Orleans. Drew Brees is going to play in this game. It appears. And that is why the saints are 10 point favorites at home. Um, the, the Cardinals have been plucky. They've played bad teams. The Saints, not a bad team. Drew Brees coming back. You assume New Orleans is rocking. So are you here for the Cardinals backdoor cover or the Saints domination? Which one would you have to, would you go with? Yeah, Bridgewater is like 25 and uh, 7 against the spread in his career. Stop. Uh, Stop so, but I don't think, but I don't think he's. It, it, it's, it, I don't think it consists of being 10-point favorites, though. I think it consists of being short favorites or short dogs and then overachieving right. more so than covering big numbers like this. Uh, this is a game that I think if you bet it, you're going to be mad the entire game. Yeah, 
I either mean, either way, the the idea that Drew Brees just comes back being him sa- his same self. Well, like he's and, and I think they're playing some games with that. I don't I don't know if Brees plays more than like I don't think he plays the full game. You know what I'm saying? Like I think it's I think it's some sort of you know they're easing they ease him back in. Drew Brees does, is not a guy that like lets people push him around in, th- in that respect. And if he comes out and is rusty at all, I'll tell you what, he is not going to the yeah. bench. Um, but I think if I, oh, man, if I had, I to, still think there's a chance they start Bridgewater just because of the buy coming out after and all that kind of stuff. If I had to, I would take my guy Cliff. Okay. Um, in a pick'em league, the Tampa. <laughs> All right, here's a couple, here's a game that if you care about enough, go to pff.com yeah. slash green line. The for Tam- for Tam- our win totals, this game matters. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Tennessee Titans, if we talked about it uh, in any detail here, they would have to shut down the YouTube stream for uh, unsightly content. Yeah. We're, not, we're not about that. The uh, two teams that might have different quarterbacks next year. The Cincinnati Bengals go to Los Angeles to play the Rams. No, they go to London to play the Rams. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I knew that on Monday morning, and I have since forgotten it, apparently. Because we have paid zero attention to the game. Um, I think Cincinnati's undervalued here, but there's no way I'm touching it because Cincinnati's been undervalued every week. And with the with the exception of of the first, like I think the fir- two out of the first three games they covered, um, uh it's just hard for me. Dalton had that team in the game the entire time against Jacksonville and then proceeded to throw interceptions to defensive linemen and linebackers. So uh, I think the Rams are vulnerable, but again, this is why this game is in the rest category for us. Can I say something here? If Jared Goff, if Jared Goff does not have a great game, the, my Tom Brady to Los Angeles playing in that gleaming new stadium next year. It's going to heat up a little bit. It's going to heat up a little bit. And I, I, the thing with the Rams is they have proven to do absolutely anything. Now, I have no idea. I'm not a contract expert. Yep. I'm just saying. Well, who's the best quarterback in this game? It goes, it goes Todd Gurley. No, no. It goes Ryan Finley, Jared Goff. You're going to Sean McVay. Sean McVay so, might not be able to throw a ball, but he can diagnose. Was it McVay like a, a receiver? Yeah, but he could diagnose a defense well enough. I see. I see. Right. I mean, it doesn't. Yeah, he might have a noodle, but at least he's throwing the ball in the right spot. The right spot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, but this game is not in the early wee hours of the morning. No, it is at just a one o'clock Thank game. God, they just buried it. They know better. Thank God. The New York Football Giants and Daniel, your boy Jones, the Danny Dimes thing wore off real quick more like real. Danny he, he's playing a new oh, position no. now it's Danny Nickel oh boy <laughs> <laughs> oh man you can uh, subscribe for Eric's jokes uh, they play the Detroit Lions the Detroit Lions are seven point favorites at home Um, coming off of a couple of really disappointing games that are not entirely their fault, like the Green Bay one, and then a very disappointing performance um, last week. Are you back on the Lions bandwagon that you yourself built and got rolling down the road? Yeah, Detroit has a pretty easy schedule moving forward here, um, starting with this week. Uh, I think Detroit's defense will have its way with uh, Daniel Jones, and Detroit's offense, Not now that they're not... uh, 
uh, carrying carry on Johnson on their back uh, will open up and have a game similar to the one they had in Minnesota where they played great. So uh, I like Detroit here. I don't know if I like them to cover, but I do think they win. If I had to pick one side, I would say that if you're in a pick em league, um, the Giants will be a popular pick at seven because of the Barkley thing, the fantasy Well, and thing. people think that the, the Lions don't have any motivation anymore because they're out of it in the NFC North. That's all BS. Sure, maybe. Um, and uh, the Lions defense is going to be the most similar to a Patriots defense, and we know how Daniel Jones played in that game. Next, the New York Jets. My God, did they look bad. Are playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm just going to say this. I can't imagine that anyone is overreacting to the Jets, right? There's no way. Yeah. I mean, or the Jaguars. I mean, the Jaguars, you know, on the final scoreboard, put a whooping on our Bengals. That's true. And people it really are, wasn't that. And it really wasn't that that compelling. This favored by this, six. This to me strikes. I mean, uh, it, the only reason that we wouldn't, you know, the, the only side that there is to have in this game is Jets plus six, in my opinion. Yes, but I would like to not have it if I can avoid it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sam Darnold, this is my new favorite thing to do. If you add his passer rating uh, when clean and passer rating under pressure, you just barely scrape over Gardner Minshew's passer rating from a clean pocket. That is it for games for week eight. Week. Um, it, they were kind of weak, to be perfectly honest. I think the slate gets a little better the following week. Uh, as a reminder, we do a podcast right after Sunday Night Football is over. We are currently, we need your help. Uh, I've been pulling all-nighters at the uh, Cincinnati Church of Christ, praying for Pat Mahomes to play in this game. Um, yep. I know the entire Sunday Night Football production crew has been doing so as well. If you know, and I'm and I'm a Chiefs fan, so I'd like to see him play. So you'd like to see him play. If you know anything about Fred Gadelli, you know that he is a man uh, of religion. Now, football is his religion, but that doesn't mean you can't pray to it. And so he has been beseeching the football gods. There is, we need Mahomes to play in this game. It just football needs it. Yeah, I, I, I this this is what we deserve. Given this week, given how this season has gone so far, um, that that's what we deserve. Do we have a story from the Cincy Y? Yeah, we you and I tried to play basketball for two straight days and couldn't because the dust on the floor was so. There, there are 17 people that work at that Y at any given time. Yes. And yet, and yet the dust on the floor and, and the, to the listeners here, you might not know this, but George is George, George tolerates incompetence at a level uh, 0.0. Like, so not a lot. So the, and, and to your credit, you played a few games despite the floor being, Try. Played is probably the wrong word, right? But you, you, even you, like you were being gracious despite the incompetence around you. And tomorrow, and yesterday, we just had to flat out quit playing games and play horse because the floor was so bad. Yeah, it's not it, good. It was egregious, and you know, usually the Cincy Y does a good job, but the, the last few days they've been really slacking off. So, to our listeners that work there. Get your ass moving. Get your act together. Here's the thing. When you walk into the Cincinnati Y, there are four people at the front desk. Two of them on their phones, one of them folding towels, and that's great. 
and they always say hi to you. And when you leave, they always they say always say goodbye. Always to you. say goodbye to you. you Sometimes th- they say put on a shirt to you, but that's you know beside the actually. Point. No one at the front desk has ever said that to me. The people at the front desk like me. It was some random peon um, that was intimidated by me. Uh, it was like eighty five degrees outside. Get over yourself. But anyways, if they can have that many people saying goodbye to you as you leave the gym, you would think they could sweep the floor of the basketball court because it's a huge liability. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that's the my the ACLs will ask. thank you if they if they sweep the floor. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we can get that back in order. I, I don't think we have any. other. No, stories. that was the most. Well, did I tell did I tell the FaceTiming story or did I just tell that to you? Yeah, I think you just told that to me. OK, so here's the story. I'm in the gym. Uh, I'm in the like weight room section of the gym, and I don't wear headphones because I only have one pair of AirPods, and I'm worried that the sweat will make their lifespan shorter. So I have no headphones, and I can hear everything. And I see a guy in front of me on the bench. He's laying down. He's got the barbell over his head. He's got his hands on it, ready to take it off, but he's talking. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. And he's having a conversation. Like, Is this guy talking to himself? takes his hands off the bar, picks up his phone, dude is FaceTiming someone, proceeds to have a FaceTime conversation, super loud, five minutes go by, hasn't touched the bar, seven minutes go by, hasn't touched the bar, finally gets up, leaves the weights on the bar, proceeds to a different area of the gym to go squat, continues to have this FaceTime conversation, it's about 15 minutes, does maybe a set or two uh, of, of you know, like 135 squats, maybe gets a total of six reps in, Pieces out. Unbelievable. FaceTime is a terrible invention because my family tries to use it at the pet store to buy a dog. And that sounds like a that sounds like a story that we should have told on our Monday night okay. or uh, Sunday night pod. If I make it there. If you make it there. <laughs> you can so tune in on Sunday night to hear uh, Eric tell you about how his kids are trying to get him to buy a dog and for the look headlines for next week. Enjoy week eight. Thanks guys. keeping up with your fave friends all summer or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see don't sweat the connect you can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for a hundred dollars a month scroll the staycation pics find your new go-to takeout spot or catch some rays on video chat whatever you and the crew are into all the data makes it all that much better smile you're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply.